Uh, before we get into this episode, I'd like to remind everyone that we are running our first giveaway. We will be running this giveaway until Thursday, April 28th at midnight. Uh, we are giving away a scale mail dice bag, a chain mail owl keychain, and a set of dice. To enter to win one of these three items, all you need to do is like and share our posts on Twitter and follow us there at dice underscore heist, or you can like, share, and follow our post on our Dice Heist podcast Facebook page. And uh, the post I'm referring to is a specific post that will have an image of these items and will direct you to specifically this giveaway. So make sure you are checking out for those. Both of the links to those posts will be in the description of the show. And we will be announcing these three winners on May 2nd, uh, actually in episode 9. I'll probably do like a pre-roll similar to this for you guys to kind of get that at a quick announcement. Don't skip out on this chance for some cool stuff. Uh, the dice bag and the owl keychain are actually made by me. Uh, it's from an Etsy shop I did a while ago. I, I enjoy them. Hopefully you guys will too. And uh, e- even if you're not interested in these items, it would give us a huge bonus if you guys could like and share uh, these posts and also any other posts that you see from us. Uh, especially if you like the show, because worst thing that's going to happen is other people on your feeds will see them and they might like them too. So the bigger the show gets, the more stuff we can do and a lot more stuff that we can provide to you, the listeners. In addition, I want to address some of our missteps in these early episodes. Our first recording session was episode one through three, and our second was uh, four through six. And in these two sessions, we really didn't fully understand how to properly record and in editing a lot of our voice when we try to you know change the the volume of it for different effects it it got cut out uh in the editing so it's very difficult for you guys to understand what's going on and sometimes i even had to literally cut sections of conversation um sometimes from adam sometimes from nick Um, we even had to re-record a couple things here and there but these are all issues that we, we we know they're there. We're doing our best to try and fix them. And I think you guys might have had a decent chance to see us fixing those issues uh, because we actually recorded episode zero after episode six uh, when we had started addressing these issues. So hopefully you guys, you know, thought that was a little bit better sound quality. Um, and then from there, episode seven on should be, there, there should be significantly less of that going on. Uh, and we're going to try our best to make sure that we're improving it every every step of the way. So uh, thank you for your guys' patience, and we really hope you enjoy this episode of Dice Heist. Last time on Dice Heist. As the group enters the ship, they notice that it is lit with magical lights that seem to be wasteful of magical energy. Dirk takes a moment to catch Hatnick up on what he knows of the danger threatening the ship, and they decide that the investigation will be kept secret from the majority of the crew and guests. Once the group is together alone, Dirk fills them in 
on the plan and they discuss what they need to do to find the perpetrator. However, Bertram gets a little hung up on the fact that Dirk gave them his real name when introducing him as one of Sir Frederick Wellesley's company. The group, exhausted from their non-stop go-go-go attitude for the last 24 hours, realize that it's best for Bertram to get some rest while the other two take some time to tour the ship. Hatnick returns within the hour to debrief the group on the current state of the ship, beginning with the guest list and the possible confrontations that may arise. From there, Hatnick leads them to the dining hall and the galley where Adam and Dirk notice there are plenty of things that could be used to sabotage the ship. Their next stop leads them to the lounge, where Adam is excited to see the ship has a small library, and they get to meet an interesting dragonborn woman named Jess Yessa. After enjoying a drink, Dirk and Adam follow Hatnick to the cockpit, where they learn that the ship has external weaponry, and that the cockpit is highly secure. However, Dirk gets a little more concerned as they meet the three engineers in the engine room who are playing some poker before the ship takes off. Dice Heist, where we roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Aaron, and I'll be playing Bertram Dirgestry. Over to you, Nick. My name is Nick, and I will be playing Dirk Vilgoth, the human arcane trickster. Over to you, Bronson. I will be playing Adam Vaduva, who's a rogue wizard, probably the best of the group, but uh, over to our DM here. Hey guys, this is Racelin, and welcome back to Dice Heist. Uh, we, in the last episode, finally got a look at the IHA Silver Sail uh, as the passengers director Hatnick showed both Dirk, who is now posing as Frederick Wellesley, a high-class hitman who has been taking out assassins for the past, I don't know how many years, and our friend Adam. So they were taken around the ship and kind of given a tour after alerting the ship to the possible danger posed to them. After that, Hatnick brought them back to their quarters, and they finally got a good night's rest. So, Adam, you no longer have that point of exhaustion uh, that you had before, and we find Bertram waking up maybe about an hour before the other two. Is there anything else that you would like to do in this little bit of free time that you have right now? Of course, I would like to get breakfast. I I'm just looking for snacks. I assume there's a snack, snacks at the bar, maybe. Yeah, so at the bar you find some nuts and uh, some pretzels, maybe some chocolates or other sweets uh, there that you can munch on as complimentary gifts 
of the company. Yeah, I'm going to uh, eat some of those. Actually, pour another drink and just uh, do my best not to think about the sounds of people being torn apart by this place. Yeah, that's that's a fair thing to do. I uh, I can I can sympathize with not wanting to hear the sounds of displacer beasts being tearing people apart in your sleep. Yeah, I get that. Oh, real quick, Adam would have left a note for Bertram <laughs> of uh, all basically. It's literally a page torn out of his journal. All notable people that uh, Dirk and Adam met while on the tour. And uh, notes regarding where these people are located as well, in case Bertram needed to speak with any of them. Is there just your journal sitting open on the table with a little note in here that says, Bertram, read pages 12 through 60? (laughs) No, basically, no, Adam made it even easier. Adam made it even (laughs) easier. Adam uh, actually copied some of his notes from his journal on on a blank piece of paper, tore that out, and then set it down... Uh, right now, it would probably be like right next to Bertram's bed, so like on a nightstand or something similar okay. to that. Nice, nice. And then when Dirk entered the room and they finally left as well, he just tore off his boots and just took off most of his clothes and just grabbed us, grabbed whatever food was around and started munching and then just kind of like passed the hell out (laughs) on whatever bed was nearby so he's just got some crumbs and stuff on the bed and he's just sprawled out just looking like a complete mess now and just snoring obnoxiously once bertram gets up and he sees this yeah so (laughs) yeah so dirk dirk snoring is what wakes you up in the morning yeah he he uh you find that you were looking around the, the mini bar, you found the pretzels, you found the, the nuts, and you found some candies. But then, like, there's this trail of, like, caramel chocolates from the mini bar all the way back to Dirk's bed. And his face is just, like, covered with chocolate shit. Like, it's just, <laughs> you, he's got, he's got like, three still in his hand that have melted. It's just gross looking at it right now. How could you resist? How could you resist <laughs> in this position? Yeah, I'm not even. I, I get it. I'm just saying, like. In this slow, I'm surprised. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, yeah. and and you see Adam's so friendly note of, you know, read this. You need this now. It's pretty hard to read, too. He's, gonna, he's, he's got like a doctor's handwriting. Basically, you're just going to be eating cashews and drinking my uh, good good afternoon cocktail and uh, reading <laughs> reading my notes from the from Adam. Nice, nice. Okay, yeah, so you get caught up on everything that the other two found out last session, Uh, so you can kind of piece together everything from there. I know you were listening in, so I'm not going to go through that in too much detail, obviously, but you are now made aware of it. Uh, Um, You kind of do this for about an hour. Was there something else you wanted to do? I was only going to ask how long it would take me to kind of go through the process of waking up reading that and doing all those things and if it's about an hour I'm, I'm good yeah yeah i figured it'd take you about an hour you kind of enjoy your time kind of relax maybe perfect so sit in some really cushy chairs yeah take some time to clean the dirt off your boots you know uh make yourself look a little bit more presentable for dinner maybe like spend like five minutes trying to get your hair looking just right like you normally do 
Uh, and then uh, you see, you hear uh, Dirk and Adam start to stir. Uh, Dirk wakes up and he sits up and sees the melted chocolates in his hand. And he, he just, in undignified, just starts licking them off his hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just can't resist. It tastes so good. Yep. You keep Adam, Adam and Dirk, or Adam and uh, Bertram give you weird looks. But you're just like, no, it's too good. I gotta keep doing it. <laughs> and that, and then Dirk sees the uh, the mess that he made, and he's like, "All right, since I gotta be Sir Frederick Wellesley and so nice, I guess I'll clean up." And then he casts his mage hand, and his mage hand just goes picking stuff up and dropping it off into the trash can while he does other stuff while he starts yeah, getting ready. Sense. Adam will okay, cool. Adam will pressure digitate any remaining chocolate off of Dirk's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you successfully pressed it to digitate all the chocolate off of his face and there's just now chocolate splatters everywhere, but like <laughs> the dirt has been removed from Dirk. <laughs> it's like he murdered so, a chocolate bar in here. Yeah, he, I mean, he did <laughs> though. Uh, <laughs> he he murdered like a king-sized chocolate bar in here. Um, so you kind of finish just getting ready, and you hear a knock at the door. I'll go over to the door. Who is it? I am Naya. I I am here to bring you to dinner, sir. Oh, uh, excellent. Give us mm, four minutes, please. Yes, it is uh, dinner attire. Please, please be, please be uh, dressed appropriately. I'll be back uh, to fetch you in a moment. I need to go alert the other guests. See you soon. And she she wanders off. I'm gonna look at myself and yeah. then the other two. Do I get the sense that we're dressed appropriately here? No. The only one who is semi dressed appropriately is Dirk. Except for the fact that there are still chocolate stains on his on his shirt. <laughs> like, oh, oh, Dirk looks down. And he's like, oh, shit. Uh, a- Adam, can you can you give me a hand here? Well, gentlemen, we need better clothes. I'll be fair. Uh, uh, what what does Adam what does Adam have in his uh, suitcase? Is it enough? Is it a, does he have enough outfits to make everyone look presentable? <laughs> So Adam opens up his suitcase and finds all the food that he stored away. <laughs> I do own a set of fine clothes from my there, there is uh, Adam's. Um, Adam has a ballroom cloak that he keeps in there, and that's about it as far as clothing. Because Adam did not take the time to go up to his room to put his clothing in his bag. Yeah, I forgot I took up this space with wheels of cheese instead but you have plenty of wheels of cheese and bread don't forget that <laughs> i'll change to my fine clothes that i have oh. also what what happened with the rat i was gonna ask that too <laughs> you don't know could wait you don't know <laughs> okay it's somewhere in the room you hope <laughs> <laughs> well there's plenty of cheese <laughs> Uh, you look up at the vent in your room and you're like, oh shit, it could fit through there. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great. 
Yikes. Probably won't have been the first rat on this. I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've changed to my fine clothes, and I'm just like shaking my head, watching the other two. Yeah, so, uh, Adam, you're able to put on your fine cloak, and you make yourself look presentable. Uh, you're also able to help Dirk uh, scrub out that stain with your prestidigitation spell. So he's looking nice, and then Bertram comes out, and he's he's literally sparkling compared to you guys. You guys are, like, minimal requirement at this dinner. He's looking nice. Dirk still has some mad bedhead from when he passed out. He's like, you guys know what to do with this? <laughs> if I had my way, I'd shave you bald. Come here. <laughs> I'll try to fix it, I guess. I don't... Yeah, uh, you're, you're able to kind of run run a comb through there, get it wetted, you know. You're, like, grabbing some oils from the, the washroom that's that's in the corner, and you're, like, trying to furiously get this to sit right, and it just... You get it just right, and, like, one hair in the center of his head just boinks right back up. <laughs> You've never looked better. Let's um, be ready to leave. Okay, then. So, yeah, you guys finally get ready to leave, and uh, sure enough, uh, Naya, the servant who had come by last time, comes by and knocks again. Are you ready? Let's go open the door. Of course we're ready. <laughs> um, okay. Just before leaving the room, Dirk is going to uh, summon Zed from his pocket dimension and just kind of telepathically tell him to keep an eye on the room. <clears throat> yep. Um, so he'll be inside the room keeping an eye out. So just so you know, uh, the ship is not larger, or the ship is not so large that if you were on one end of the ship and Zed was on the other end of the ship, that you could not communicate with him. Okay, cool. Because everything is so compact, there's multiple levels to it, No, at no point are you ever further than 100 feet away from him. Okay, cool. So that kind of is a huge benefit for you, so for at sure. any time, you have communication with him. Awesome. That's useful info, for sure. Yes, it is. Um, and you know this, you know this from your scoping out of the, the ship from yes, uh, well, last time before you went to bed, so. Right. Okay. Uh, so this small female human lady, she, uh, she leads you down the hall to the dining hall. And when you enter, uh, you see within the people that you were read off were here, uh, you see the three halflings kind of sitting off on one side. They're very quiet. Um, the three dwarves that were mentioned to you, uh, you were told that this was a bachelor party. You're not sure what that means. <laughs> but uh, they are... One of them is just shirtless and is holding two tankards in his hand. <laughs> ah, we've overdressed. The, this is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> and he's chugging from one of them. While his two friends stand on each side of him, they are both dwarves, one of them blonde, one of them uh, dark-haired, and they just chant, chug, 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 and they're each holding two drinks in each of their hands, too. And as he finishes it, he chucks it on the floor and starts drinking from the other one. They don't stop saying chug. 
He finishes that one, and they hand him two more. <laughs> and this continues as you're looking around the room. Uh, it's just happening, and everyone else in the room is just ignoring them because they mm-hmm. are just that obnoxious. Uh, you see four elves sitting quietly on the opposite side from the uh, the dwarves and the halflings, just sipping wine. They are almost completely silent, and you can tell they are judging these dwarves so harshly right now. <laughs> From them, you can see two male and two female sitting there. Uh, Lastly, you see a human sitting at the very end of the tape. And there are two guards standing behind them. They look mostly human for, you know, what you can see of them as they are both wearing helms. But you could swear that you could see some tusks under there. And you assume this to be uh, Broden... Nohan and his two guards, Dick and Rick. Uh, And this covers all the guests that you see here. Uh, You note that the three Dragonborn are not in the room at the time. Uh, However, you do notice the captain and uh, Hatnik are both standing at the head of the table. And as Naya brings you in, she scurries off to the back towards the kitchens after motioning you to sit at your seats. And you were seated to the left of the elves, and uh, to your left is the human uh, Broden Note. Yeah, and now that you see him, he looks super sketchy. Like, he looks like he's trying too hard to look like he's supposed to be here. Can I, can I do an insight check on that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to see if he looks kind of nervous or if he looks like he's in his element... Yeah, and do we we have just the three <clears throat> three chairs of our own in between Broden and the uh, elves? That is correct. All right, Dirk got a ten for insight. Okay. I got a nineteen. Okay. All right, so Adam, you can tell from this that. He doesn't seem nervous, um, but you do sense an air of unearned confidence, as in, like, he seems more confident than he should be. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. He he just He's just, like, overly confident right now, whereas everyone else in the room is not treating him like he should have said confidence. How much of a visual does uh, Sir Frederick Wellesley have on uh, Broden. Uh, you can see him quite clearly. He's sitting at the end of the table, so even you know, even if you're sitting right next to the elves, you have quite a good view of his front, at least. Uh, but he doesn't seem to have any weapons at his side. And in fact, no one here does. Um, and you even left your weapons back at the room. I apologize for not mentioning this before, but um, unless you were hiding any of them away. All your weapons are back at the room. Fudge. Can I could I have passed off my gauntlet? It's not a weapon, is it? Not, not I mean, it doesn't look like a, a conventional weapon for damn sure. No, well, there you go. So you're good. Okay. Dope. Could could Dirk have stowed a dagger in his boot? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Bertram is welcome to do the same, but he has spells, so that's not exactly yeah, necessary. He's gonna have a dagger stowed on him anyhow. 
Yeah. No, that's fair. I get it. I'm going to sit in the leftmost chair next to Broden. Yeah, that's fine. Not a problem. Uh, as you do so, you finally take your seats and you finish sizing up the room. Uh, another servant, not Naya this time, but a male one, comes over and requests your drinks. What, what would you like to drink tonight? Something. Something red. Red wine? Yes. Uh, I okay. believe earlier I saw a flaming martini. Ah, yes. Just yes is specialty. Oh. I can get that for you. Yes, please. Thank you. Not a problem. Uh, and, and for you, Sir Frederick Wesley? And I, he seems I almost nervous when talking to you. <clears throat> I enjoyed one of those beverages earlier as well. I would like one of those, please. N- no problem. Bring them right away. And he scurries off, and you notice that he actually leaves the kitchen. Uh, you're assuming he's actually going to the bar in the lounge. Okay. You guys have seated, and if you just wait a moment, if there's nothing else you'd like to do, <clears throat> the elves kind of seem standoffish towards you, um, and the dwarves are kind of still doing their own thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're still going at it, and the halflings, they're still quiet. They don't seem standoffish, though. Are the metallic dragonborn present, the three of them? They haven't. They have not arrived yet. Okay. And it seems that the captain and Hatnick are kind of waiting at the end of the table, almost nervously, mm. for them to arrive. <clears throat> Quick question. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from the chromatic and metallic dragonborn, are there any other racial tensions between races in this world? Uh, so the other, only other notable one that you can think of is a great tension between uh, the chromatic dragonborn and the gnomes. Okay. Um, now this tension, however, is just an ancient disagreement between them. Um, they both felt that the advancement of civilization was completely different from the other one's view. The dragonborn felt that magic would bring the world into the new age of technology and knowledge, whereas the gnomes felt that their tech and their mechanical knowledge would bring the world into the newest age. Okay, fair enough. However, uh, their two cities live are very close to each other, uh, both Agelfia and Gnomehold. And because of this, this caused wars between them. So there is still this kind of unrest between them. However, in the last 25 years, there has been a peace between them, okay. which has given the world what is known as Magitech, as these two communities have come together and fused their beliefs to create something much greater than both of them individually. And I'm guessing this is a big part of our end destination. Exactly. Yeah, you guys are going to Egelfia which is the Dragonborn's homeland. And they have kind of both come together in this city to create this magitech that you guys have heard of and is fabled of. Supposedly, have the gnomes kind of done the same on their end? Have they incorporated more magic into their technological society? 
They, as far as you know, you would assume they do, but from the information given to you in Vago, you have almost no knowledge of what happens within Noble. Egelfi is much more open about its dealings, whereas Gnomehold has always been very secret. Okay. Okay. Um, but you do know that there is a trading of knowledge and goods between the two cities. And they both, you would assume, are advancing likewise. Okay. Uh, much faster than the entirety of the rest of the world, which is only getting small bits of this advancement at a time. Um, as you've already been told, the elven delicacy that is sitting next to you, they are here to discuss um, advancing their navy uh, with a company within Agelfia who creates these naval ships. Uh, basically steam engined fighting machines that float upon the water. Do the elves go by a particular name, their civilization? Uh, the elves, they are known as high elves, um, and you know that they come from an island uh, as close to the west as possible. Um, you know it's uh, Cuckooed Island. Yeah, so I guess the only... There's really just... It seems so far that there's like foundational disagreements on technology and progress between technology and magic, but other than that, everything seems to be okay. Yeah, that's that's really what it seems like. And any any disagreements that once were are no longer there between the gnomes and the dragonborn. Uh, for the most part, them as civilizations have each accepted that the culmination of their ideals is what's required to truly move forward in the um, and hence why the treaty happened. Good. However, there's always those outliers within each society radicals. that disagree. Right, yes. right. Exactly. Okay. And not even just radicals, but just peoples who disagree with the norm of society for various reasons. Okay. <clears throat> so, as as we're sitting there, Dirk's gonna... <clears throat> because he noticed that the dragonborn aren't here yet, and he looked to see... Um, What's his name? Has Hatnick was looking a little bit nervous. Um, he's, yes. he's gonna he's gonna take that that little tip and first ask um, Adam if he has his uh, notebook on him, <clears throat> and if he does, if he could bring it out real quick. Are we are we all sitting down at this point? That seemed to be the case. Uh, I think it's Bertram, uh, then Adam, and then. Uh, Dirk. So Dirk, in that Dirk is going to look over, and he's actually going to see Adams. He's not looking down. He's looking at like the rest of everyone else, kind of socializing if he needs to. But he already has his journal out on his lap underneath the table uh, with his charcoal in hand, writing down, just not looking at his journal. He's sort of gauging the room. He's recording. Uh, he, he's doing his best to record his first impressions of everyone that is here, um, every escape route if needed. He's, he's just he's just overanalyzing everything. <laughs> that's, that's like the best explanation I can give. He's just analyzing every fucking detail in yeah. this place. Yeah. <clears throat> um, as, as he's uh, doing that, Dirk's going to subtly tap his tap his notebook 
um, like under the table. And as he does this, he's going to cast Minor Illusion. And on the notebook is going to be the words Engine Room and Cockpit. <clears throat> and then after this, uh, Dirk will pretend... Well, he's going to uh, put on an act as if he's getting sick and attempt to excuse himself. <clears throat> that the, okay. uh, the motion of the ship is a little bit too much for him. Moment. So, okay. Excuse me, gentlemen. <clears throat> I must excuse myself. <clears throat> I, I will return. Did Dirk, did Dirk circle one of the two? Or did did he just write down the two locations? So, so he he'll put engine room first and then cockpit underneath it. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, uh, 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 uh. yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, Dirk will leave the room and then attempt to stealth and kind of like well. If there are people around in the hallway, he won't stealth. He'll just act, you know, act like he's sick heading back to his room. But if there's no one around, he's going to stealth and head towards the engine room. Okay, no problem. So you stand up and you walk to the door and walk out. And as soon as you enter the hallway, you see three very large dragonborn clad in bright metallic armor that is quite... It's very gilded. It has a lot of different gemstones set into it, and there's silks where there normally would be leather and stuff like that. So it, it just looks like this is dress garb of royalty or nobility. And they're walking down the hall behind uh, the security officer, Zaza, who is bringing them into the dining hall as you emerge. And Zaza stops in front of you and says we're heading in now take your seat sir i'm i'm sorry uh, this the motion of this ship is bothering me and i must <clears throat> i must excuse myself for a moment and compose myself i i, I will return short make a deception check 12 she she looks at you kind of Maybe in disbelief, or maybe just she's just done with pansies, not knowing how to deal with seasickness or air sickness in this case. Do, does she, and she says, "What's that?" I was gonna say, is she aware that I'm investigating things since she's like head of security? Would um, would she, she is be aware? Able? She okay. or at least Hatnick told you that he was going to make her aware. Okay. So you do not know one hundred percent, but you're guessing so. Uh, she says, well, Sir Frederick Wellesley, I think it's best that you go sit down and maybe order a seltzer. I think that would be best for your upset stomach. It might help settle you. And even we can have Hatnick whip you up a nice concoction that might settle your nerves in this endeavor. Okay. I, I kind of give her a look that... um that kind of like implies that I have another purpose that I'm working towards, but it's not. Okay. So sh the dragon mourner standing behind her 
So I'm going to ask that you make another deception check for them not to notice this nod to her. You know? Okay. Because I'm guessing you don't want them to see you making this secret communication <clears throat> with her. Right. Okay. 13. 13. Okay. So with a 13, they don't seem quite interested even in this conversation. They are almost annoyed by the fact that you're holding them up from entering the dining hall. And Zaza looks at you and says, oh, oh, you look quite green. Maybe it's best that you head to your quarters and work out whatever this is. We'll be taking off here in a few moments, so just get yourself nice and battened down. Don't, uh, don't dally. And uh, when she does that, she looks at you quite sternly. Mm-hmm. So, and then she says, off with you, and leads the other three dragonborn into the dining hall. Okay. Um, so you scurry off down towards the engine room, as you said, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to leave you there, down towards the engine room, as we'll hop back into the dining hall with Bertram and Adam. And the two of you see the three metallic dragonborn enter the dining hall. And not only are they each shining almost with their skin from the oils that they have put on them, but the armor that they are wearing shines even brighter than them. Just from the normal lighting of this room, uh, it's almost blinding to you when you see the reflection of these lights off of their armor. And they quietly, almost silently, walk down to the end of the table where the captain and Hatnick are standing. Hatnick stands to the right and just behind the captain, and the captain shakes each of their hands and says, Welcome, honored guests, to the IHA Silver Sail. On behalf of both the company and Egelfia, I welcome you here to our humble ship and hope that you enjoy this dish that we have prepared for you today as it is dragon turtle stew. It is quite difficult to get a hold of dragon turtle's meat, but when you do, it is delicious. Please sit and enjoy this meal with us. Uh, and he pulls out the chair individually for each of these dragonborn that sit at now the head of the table. Uh, and the captain takes a seat to the left of them, uh, sitting along the same side as you and the elves. The elves between you and him, obviously. Uh, and Hatnick kind of still stands at attention behind them, and he begins announcing the meal. Uh, he describes in great detail of what all goes into the stew and how not only is it dragon turtle that goes into the stew, but there are other sea plants, such as seaweeds and whatnot, that are chopped up and turned into even the gum that holds the stew together. So he explains the dish to you as the servants each pull out, bring out a dish and lay it out in front of you. And you each take one small spoonful, and it is very, very delicious. It has the texture of fish, but the taste of steak. 
quite hearty, but it uh, it literally melts in your mouth. The meat of this this stew, and all of the flavors come together in a very very nice way. Um, as you guys are enjoying these first bites of your stew, Dirk is just now getting to the engine room. So, what is your goal when you get there? Okay. Isn't this some good quality music? This is Skirmish Epic, Deadly Contest, by Raphael Hofstetter, from BattleBards.com. That's where we get all our background music and sound effects for the show. What is BattleBards? BattleBards is the most premium audio library ever created for the tabletop gaming experience, along with tools built specifically to use the audio seamlessly in-game. Tailor-made background music inspired by fantasy races and locations, voiceover scripts written to bring life to everyday NPC interactions, and a colossal array of bone-crushing, spell-blasting sound effects. This is BattleBards. If you're looking to get the best value out of BattleBards.com, I would recommend giving BattleBards Prime subscription a try. With this monthly subscription, you can enjoy streaming access to all BattleBards content. Access to all BattleBards tools, including their soundboard and mixer. The ability to upload and mix your own private audio library. And 20% off all purchases of sounds you wish to permanently add to your collection. I think this is enough for me. Go check it out for yourself and see what they have to offer. Now, let's get back to Dice List. So first, um, I want to be stealthed, um, if I can. Yeah, you can make a stealth check. Okay. Just hold shift. Okay. <laughs> uh, 16. 16, okay. So yeah, we'll stand with that. Uh, you get to the engine room, and you enter, I'm guessing? Um, yeah, so is there any... Um, so on the door, is there any windows inside or... Uh, is the door... Yes. Okay. So the door is more of a hatch, and there's actually a glass, or what seems to be glass window, uh, directly into it. Um, the door is ajar, however, so you can kind of see right into it. And the three gnomes that you saw originally playing cards, you see them scurrying all over this engine. Uh, you s- hear the noise was once a dull hum... It is now almost a roar as your head first peers into this this room. Um, as you see all of the different engines and mechanical parts just running nearly out of control right now. Okay. Um, do they do they appear like they have a handle on it, or do they look kind of like really stressed out? Uh, make an intelligence check to see how well you perceive this. Okay. 
this encounter. Uh, or make an insight check. Right. Okay. Insight into their nature and how well they're handling the situation. Uh, so I rolled another natural 20, so that's awesome. <laughs> okay, nice. So, yeah, uh, our nat 20 queen over here uh, <laughs> is just racking them in. I think you're up to, like, six now. Out of six up episodes, that's insane. All right. Um, <laughs> I love this die. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, you need to stop microwaving it in the to get that perfect <laughs> roll, okay? I'm going to have to confiscate it to keep doing that. It's, all, it's only getting 20s for ability checks. That's all okay. I mean, you did. Uh, yeah, that's true, I guess. All right. Yep. I'm, I'm down for it. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, you, you come into the room, and what was your insight check again? You got a nat 20. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, you can tell that they are not. They they seem to not be in any danger. This just seems to be the norm when the ship is running. And as you see them kind of scurrying around, you can actually feel the ship begin to move in an upward direction. Okay. Um, do I see uh, vent vents in this uh, in this room as they are usually around the ship? Uh, yes, you actually see uh, that there aren't exactly vents, but you do see a tank and uh, even a blower involved that leads up into what you would assume to be the ductwork of the ship. So this is kind of where it controls it. However, this room does not seem to have an access to it except through the actual um, either furnace, air conditioning whatever you want to call this uh, this uh, filtration system. Okay. Um, my next question, is there a location up above near the ceiling where I could summon Zed and he would be pretty well hidden but also have an eye on things? Uh, so you would have to do it and make a stealth check for Zed when you did it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll want to have him in the engine room especially to keep an eye on things since okay, these guys no are moving around a lot. They're focusing on their work. It would mm-hmm. be good to have a pair of eyes looking out. And then yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So stealth check for Zed. Yep. Fourteen. Okay. 14. Nice. So, uh, based on the noise and everything else going on in here, plus Zed is a very small creature, um, he is able to hide away up in one of the corners of this engine room, and he is unseen right now. Okay, cool. As far as you know. Uh, the, the gnomes at least did not show any sign of noticing his existence. So. Right. They're, they're pretty busy with what they're doing. They are. They are. Okay. Cool. Um... And then I would uh, like to make my way towards the cockpit. Okay, so uh, you turn around, and you make your way towards the cockpit. And as you turn the corner, you catch yourself as you see immediately at the base of the the ladders, there is a guard. Uh, And this guard looks as if uh, he's dressed in the same way as the ones that went out with Hatnik during the first episode. Okay. Uh, so 
I'll describe him again. He is wearing black, sleek plate uh, that covers his entire face and body area. And it almost seems to like shine, but not in a metallic way. It's very odd to you. Um, and the metal contraption that was almost kind of in the shape of a crossbow that is normally at his hip is now in his hands. Uh, there's still a short sword on his other hip, but he seems to be at attention now with the weapon in hand. Okay. Um, and you know that to get to the cockpit, you must go up these this ladder, or you have to take a very long way around. Okay. Yeah, I think I think at the the site of the guard, um, I would probably just uh, act it off as as if I wasn't quite sure where I was heading and uh, make my way back towards the dining room. I'm somewhat convinced that if there's a guard posted there that it's all right for the cockpit, but I'm not entirely sure yet. So I'll make I'll make my way back for now as to not okay. draw too much suspicion. Not a problem. So as you make your way back, uh, you get a little bit further down the hall towards the uh, the stair that will lead you up to the dining hall. And in doing so, you come across another guard who seems to be patrolling. And he looks at you and uh, you hear a muffled voice from underneath say, What are you doing wandering the hall? I apologize. I <clears throat> My stomach was upset from all the motion and I uh, retired to my room for a few moments to compose myself, but I'm feeling better now, so I'm going to rejoin the uh, dinner. Protocol dictates that I escort you to the dining hall. Of course. Wouldn't have it any other way. Okay. So he turns around and he uh, leads you up to the dining hall. Okay. Uh, as you enter, uh, you actually see that they are already enjoying the first course of this meal, the stew that was mentioned to you by the dwarf earlier today. And uh, you see Bertram and this uh, Broden... Nohan, discussing. I just don't know where they put it all. They just kept drinking and drinking. It's absurd. Yes, I've, I've heard these stories before, too. This happens. I, I hear of this bachelor party. It, it happens. Yes. So, now what does that entail? Is it just a, a party that only bachelors are invited to? Is 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 party for bachelor? He getting married, so he he have party. I see, I see. Yeah. But why? Cause getting married is death sentence. Mm-hmm. Oh oh oh. Yes, I'm not it's familiar for with that culture's so, uh, practice. I I suppose. It's, it's most cultures. Do you have wife? <laughs> I'm the only one who could say this shit because I actually am married. Uh, uh, no, no. But I love my wife and children very much. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not married. Uh, no. And to be frank with you, you're not really selling the idea. 
good. It's it's not a good uh, idea. So, Broden, then, are you yourself married? Is there a lucky lady that you're headed off to see? Oh, no. Not anymore. So you... And when he says this, he just kind of, like, changes the subject <laughs> instantly. So, uh, what business are you in? Oh, I'm in the, um, uh, business of trading stories. Trading stories? How do you make money trading stories? Well, you tell them very well. Tell me a story. Well? Bertram, tell me a story that makes me want to pay you lots of Make you afford this trip. Well, let me tell you a story of a betrayer of an employee. And I'm going to slowly speak. <laughs> I'm just going to tell him a, a somewhat innocuous story of a shop owner having an employee steal money at you know at, at the end of the day or whatever. But at the during this, I'm going to use uh, if I can. I'm going to use my words of terror ability to subtly implicate that one of his guards. Uh, are maybe suspect or he should be scared of them. Okay. Go ahead and make that performance check. Mm-hmm. 24. 24. Okay. So, yeah, he, he listens to the story quite attentively and he seems kind of Suspicious now of his his two guards as he kind of glances behind him. Uh, but he doesn't make any other note other than that when you when at the moment. So I've told you a story of uh, secrecy and betrayals. Tell me, what is it uh, you trade in these days? Ooh, well, I trade in goods that other people find difficult to find. I am bringing these to the alchemical company that is in Egelfia. I hear that they have enormous mass processing facilities where they can create hundreds of potions all at once. Hundreds? I, I, I fail to imagine such an enterprise. How? And you supply such a place. Well, I supply them of the more difficult bits. Such as, you know, knucklehead trout. And maybe hmm, a few dragon balls. And when he says this, he seems very proud of himself. Do I get the sense that that he's uh, telling the truth? Uh, You can make an insight check. Uh, and at this point, Dirk, you've sat down, and you're overhearing this conversation. Okay. And Dirk is also kind of just, like, e- eating his soup a little bit rushed since he was behind, and he kind of he kind of forgets to have the mannerisms of nobility, and he he's just kind of, like, a little stooped over <laughs> going to work on the soup. <laughs> the, the elves look at you funny, and they... The one who is like eating a spoonful at a time sets the spoon back in the bowl and like pushes <laughs> the bowl away from them. 
as as Dirk makes eye contact with his elf, he he remembers like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be noble. So he kind of like straightens up and slows down a bit again. (laughs) Yeah, and wipes the the uh, the stew from his chin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with his napkin, not his sleeve, of course. Of course. Also, just to note, uh, the shirt that you are wearing from Adam, there are like five buttons along this. And you went to go wipe your nose or your, your mouth with it, and it just caught your cheek and it hurt a lot. So you're like, nope, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so you're using your napkin now. Yep. Yep. I got an eight on the inside check. Nice. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you're not sure what he's what he's about with this. Uh, he he might actually have these. He might just be blowing smoke. He might just be giving an example of something. You're not so sure. So forgive me. What what would one use a dragon for? Oh, there are so many different potions that dragon bone can be used in, and you know, mm, I hear a good a good piece of one can be used as a wand too but this is this is only speculation i cannot say if i have it that would be dangerous i cannot tell you that i have dragon bones because then you come after me for my dragon bones eh i hence why dick and rick are here to keep you in check yes uh dick and rick they seem uh so friendly how long have have they been in your employ? Oh, since they were boys. I see. How do you tell mm, them apart? Years. It's kind of... I'm looking at them now, and they seem kind of safe. He he turns around, and he points at this at one of them and says, This is Dick. The other one is Rick. Yep. Oh, wait. No, no, that one's Dick. That one's... They're Dick and Rick, and turns around. I guess it doesn't really matter as long as, you know... You always call them by the pair. He's He says, Ah, I'm done with this soup. It was quite delicious. He sets it on the floor. He says, Dick, smash. And Dick just full hand straight down at the bowl on the ground and smashes it. It shatters and, like, stew goes everywhere. <laughs> he stands up and puts his hands behind his back. See? That one's Dick. <laughs> Can I... Is Dick a robot? <laughs> <laughs> does, does it look like a... It doesn't seem to be, but you're not sure. I just... My, my impression was so odd there. Okay. Um. Well, uh, nice to meet you, Dick. And you as well, Rick. They nod you at like you. like some soup? They, they just keep staring forward. When Dirk saw that display he just couldn't help but let out a chuckle like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i get you just gonna go back to sipping my soup i guess the the elf that uh pushes bull away is looking at you now dirk and is just shaking his i'm head. just gonna i'm just gonna <laughs> give her the look like what was that all about i'm gonna hold up my hand and like point to him a little crazy <laughs> And the captain looks down and says, oh, what good fun. Uh, Hatnik, aren't we supposed to be moving on to the next, uh, next dish? 
Oh, yes, yes, sir. Right away, sir. Uh, this next dish is a uh, bruschetta. You might have never heard of it, but it is a fire-toasted bread with small bits of tomato, basil, and garlic mixed together into a almost salsa atop this bread. It is quite delicious. Please enjoy. And they bring out plates of, of uh, bruschetta for you to enjoy. Does all of it taste as good so, as it sounds? Uh, yeah, it all tastes better than it sounds. So, you enjoy your food, and I'm not going to describe any more of the, the entrees or uh, courses for you, but every single dish is better than the last when they bring it out. Uh, all of them sound quite extravagant, and a lot of them have very foreign ingredients to you. Like tomatoes, you've never heard of those before. You don't know what they are. those are. And, uh, yeah, so they bring out these foods for you, they keep refilling your drinks, and you're able to have a few discussions between yourself and uh, this crazy man, Broden. And then also across from you, there are the halflings. Uh, who, after a while, open up to you and begin talking with you. Uh, so you kind of discern from your conversation with them that uh, this couple is going to Egelfia to hopefully find their daughter a suitable a uh, a suitable husband. And as there were no more wealthy halflings on their island. They had to go somewhere else. And why not go to one of the best cities in the world? And the daughter is sitting there, and she seems ecstatic at this. She is super excited, and she's smiling, enjoying all of this. And she even says that she cannot wait to meet her husband. Uh, her name is Annalyn, which I've told you before. You wrote that down when you were writing down all your notes about the crew. Or not the crew, the uh, the guests. Okay. But, uh, yeah, she seems very happy about being able to go across the sea and to meet her new husband. Uh, the dwarves near the end of the table are kind of being really rambunctious the same way they were before. Uh, the one dwarf has put his shirt back on. Uh, it's, it's a nice shirt, but it seemed he didn't want to get uh, ale stains on it. So, um, And since he's been here, you have lost track after about 26 ales between the three of them. There is literally a pile of tankards, as any time the servants begin to try and grab them to bring them back, uh, they they make a big fuss. No, bring us clean one. Come on. <laughs> so. <laughs> Damn. Yep. <laughs> Run out of. The uh, the three dragonborn are sitting at the end of the table, and they have been chatting quietly with the captain, uh, almost reserved. You haven't overheard much conversation, but any of it has just been, you know, nonchalant discussions. So, uh, and at this point, you get to, we'll say, uh, the dessert course you guys have just finished. Uh, and as you do so, you feel a jolt as the ship begins propelling forward, as you have finally reached the height of your descent, or the height of your uh, liftoff. And the ship has begun moving towards the city of Agelfia. You said the halfling woman's name was Anna Lynn? 
Anna Lynn, yes, that is correct. Uh, tell me, Anna Lynn, you, you seem quite excited by the prospect of marriage, but my new friend Broden here seems to think it's a uh, death sentence, as it were. Well, I mean, you do marry for life, so it kind of is. Huh. But it's so exciting. It's it's something new and well, if you ever find someone that you love as much as I love my husband, you'll you'll understand. So you're traveling to meet your husband? Yes, that's correct. But you've met them before. No. Huh. So what how how do you love them? Oh, I just know I, I just know I do. Right, right, right. I'm very uh, perplexed by these two competing yet succinct uh, visions of what marriage is. It's not what I would have wagered your thoughts would be. But to be in love with a person you've never met, that is fascinating. Isn't it, though? Ah, oh, couldn't understand how I truly feel oh, right I now. I 100% agree with you there. <laughs> I do not understand how you feel in the slightest. But best of, of luck to you. That is a wonderful reason to travel. Yes, yes it is. I cannot wait to see him. Can I get any kind of insight on what? I just don't even know what what I what I want to ask about. Does she seem to be otherwise normal? I don't know how to phrase this question. Do you? Yeah, I mean, from what she which she seems to be a fully functioning human, <coughs> or well, fully functioning human being. She's a fully functioning halfling. She's held up conversation other than this before, so far, but she she just, she seems to be quite enamored with this arranged marriage right. of hers. Okay, so, um, for Dirk, when he observes, um, actually, first of all, he, he wants to attempt to stealthily cast Mage Hand, if he can. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and make a, uh, sleight of hand check. Okay. Yes, it is. Yep. Slide up. Uh, 14? 14. Uh, mm. uh, the dragonborn at the end of the table will give you a funny look when you do this, though. Okay. Do do I make eye can't eye contact with uh, the dragonborn? I don't know. Do you? Okay. So, well, if he looks at me and he gives me a funny look, I'm just gonna make eye contact with him, and then I'm gonna look look at the dwarves. Um, are are they still slamming back beers? Yeah, yeah, they haven't stopped. Okay. Um, when. <laughs> 
when whichever the the main one is i i want to um put my mage hand in one of his mugs before he grabs it and then when he goes to grab it just the mage hand just goes in his mouth when he tries to <laughs> when he tries to chug it yeah so yeah he he goes to chug it and like he's just getting deep throated oh, no. by four fingers right now <laughs> and he just instantly starts choking and unfortunately he is sitting directly across from the captain and begins spewing across the table at him. Oh, God. Uh, this is why we can't have... Go nice. The three dragonborn who are sitting next to them instantly stand up and step back and then look at you in horror. <laughs> I... I... I'm just, I I uh, react in like shock of what's going on. I just throw my arms up like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Someone help the man. He's clearly sick. <clears throat> All three of them deadpan look at you, Dirk, and they say, did you think that was funny? I don't know what you're talking about. This this man clearly had too much to drink. Uh, why, why does that happen? I watched you cast a spell. And right there, they each seem to be drawing weapons and looking directly at you. And that is where we are going to end <laughs> this session. Fucking A shit! <laughs> had a pull uh, prank, but it wasn't a prank. Uh, you tried to choke hey, the person. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's, I'm just... This is why we can't go to sleep. Dirk, Dirk is just <laughs> obsessed with pranking and <laughs> just couldn't help himself. Adam, right like, Adam sees the train you... and sees where a train wreck might occur and is just shaking his head watching each action unfold. <laughs> just all leading him to the conclusion. It's just all leading him to the conclusion that this night's going to end up in bloodshed. <laughs> are you are you happy with yourself, Jim Halpert? Are you happy with yourself? <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode six of Dice Heist. Our next episode will be released on April 18th, so please keep an eye out for that our episodes come out every sunday at noon uh, i want to thank my three players co-hosts and partners aaron bronson and nick for helping me bring this dream together this has meant a lot to me um, i've always enjoyed listening to podcasts and being able to create one with my friends is an amazing experience uh, i want to give a special thanks to nick for letting us use his song something for now as our intro and outro for the show uh, and of course i'd like to thank our friends at battlebards.com for helping improve our show with their audio library and finally i'd like to thank my wife erica for her support and for her help writing our show notes again real quick like i mentioned at the end of last episode i'm starting to take down all the notes for the next arc of the show uh, which takes place after they get to agelfia um, and in agelfia there's supposed to be all these cool magitech gadgets unfortunately my brain has, has completely blanked on a lot of 
cool things that we could do. I have some fun ideas for a couple things, but it'd be really nice if we could get some input from you, the listeners. So I think in the next coming week, I'm going to be putting up a post on Facebook um, and Twitter for you guys to kind of look at, and you guys can have a chance to comment there and add any suggestions you may have. I mean, your suggestion can be as little as this item, like you could just say a grappling hook, or you could give us a full item detail on what you want it to do and all that. Just whatever you have is very appreciated. I think the guys will really like it, and we'll make sure and give you guys a shout out in the episode it's introduced and all that. You can find our Facebook page at Dice Heist Podcast, and you can also find us on Twitter at Dice underscore Heist. Uh, we also have our email address, DiceHeistPodcast at gmail.com. If you guys have any questions or if you want to send suggestions there, please feel free. We'll be more than happy to read through them. Um, we really appreciate any feedback you guys give us. If you guys are listening on iTunes or any other platform that offers reviews, please just go ahead and leave us a review there. Um, we'll eventually be able to read through them. Uh, but that'll that'll do a lot to boost the visibility of the show uh, when people are searching. Your, your honest reviews are always appreciated. And uh, we want to thank you very much for listening to us. Again, I don't know if you any of you are still listening to us just from our link that we initially set out. But we are now live on pretty much every podcast network there is. From iTunes, Google Podcasts, to Spotify, to iHeartRadio, and a couple others as well. Uh, lastly, I want to do a quick mention again of the giveaway that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. There are uh, links in the description to the posts. You guys can go there, uh, like, share, and follow us. And you guys will be entered to win one of those three items. Uh, and lastly, thank you again for listening to the show. It means a lot to us that you guys are here. And the fact that there are people listening just means the world to us. So thanks again very much for that. And we can't wait to share the next episode with you.